I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be looking at the secret function of depression. Yes. Well, I had posed a question to Margaret a while ago when we were talking about anxiety and depression. And I was talking about how I understood the function of anxiety from a biological standpoint. Kind of an evolutionary, evolutionary standpoint. Yeah. It made sense to me. And I said to her, I'm like, I don't quite understand what the function of depression is. And you had some good, interesting insights. Yeah. And some of it had to do with biological functioning. Yeah. And I don't know if you're going to talk about that now. Yes, I will. Okay. But apparently, Margaret came to some interesting conclusions after she thought about it. After I thought about it. Okay, let me quickly go over anxiety and its function. This is important to understand. Now, you've probably heard this story before because I've repeated it a few times. Say you live back in the cave days and you go like out... Like when of, Margaret did. Yeah, like when I did. So I know all about this. Mm -hmm. I even have my club. Um, so When you ask Margaret to go out clubbing... <laughs> I bring my club. <laughs> That's how I do it. Literally. Yeah. I want to get those guys who live on the other side of the hill and try to take our water home. Um, anyway... Um, the story of anxiety is, so you come out of your cave one day, yep. and sitting outside your cave is a saber-toothed tiger who has not had breakfast. Mm -hmm. And the saber-toothed tiger says, oh look, breakfast just came out of its cave. And it promptly makes a lunge for you, and you have to run for your life, yep. getting back into your cave so it can't get you. Yep. Okay? Um, so the next morning you get up, and you come out of your cave, because you have to, to get some roots to eat. And you're going to be extremely anxious because your anxiety system is going to tell you that there's danger out there. Yep. And you better be careful. It's an alarm system. It's an alarm system. So anxiety has a clear adaptive function. Keep you alive. Yeah, to keep you alert and alive and aware that there's danger. Mm -hmm. I mean, the process can get off track, but um, at least we see what it was originally designed for. You've got a feeling of the pit of your stomach that says, you better be very careful going out that door yep. because Mrs. Sabretooth is still out there thinking that you looked yummy. And infants have anxiety. Absolutely. Because, like I've explained, if you wander too far away from your caregivers, mm -hmm. you are at the risk of death. Yep. It's to keep you alive. If you see a two-year-old, they don't wander too far from their mother no, or father. No. Why? Because there's a human instinct to stay closer to mom if you want to live. Because at two, I'm sure you're a lovely hors d'oeuvre. Exactly. Yes. Um, so, you know, somehow, without knowing, don't go too far. Don't go too far. And if you do go far, you get anxious. Yes. Separation anxiety. Right. Go back to mommy, go back to daddy, go back to your secure Base. Yes, that's it exactly. So you can see that anxiety, even though it can get out of control mm -hmm. um, on some occasions, was at least there for a reason. It helps us, it protects us. Makes sense. Yeah. 
So Craig asks, what about depression? It's not as easy to understand as anxiety. And does it have some old adaptive quality? So I researched Craig's brilliant question. I remember one thing that you said, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, with, with uh, if the person isn't feeling well. Yes. You're going to get into that? I'm going to get into okay. that. So the evolutionary psychologists, can you believe there's such a thing? I'd like to know what they do. It sounds very interesting. Um, and they have written about this very problem. Mm -hmm. um, if depression didn't have some useful purpose, natural selection would have bred it out of us. Mm -hmm. So it must have a purpose, they conclude, and that makes sense to me. We wouldn't do it anymore. If Which it makes sense to yeah. me, but what that purpose was we was the thing that left me scratching my head. We don't have tails anymore, but we do have depression. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so after much research and reading, here's the most popular theory of what makes the symptoms of depression adaptive. The symptoms are sleep disturbance, usually wanting to sleep too much, Sometimes not, sometimes not sleeping enough, but not usually. Appetite disturbance, not wanting to eat very much, yeah. isolating from others, and sometimes even various pains in the body. There used to be a wonderful ad for an antidepressant um, on TV where the woman is sitting in her robe and she really looks like she's in physical pain. Mm -hmm. And the ad said, depression hurts, yeah. and it can. So she wasn't going anywhere. There are symptoms of sadness and grief, and sometimes anger and irritability. Children, for example, if they're depressed, get irritable yeah. after they have the stomachache. Okay? Um, some people think it was adaptive for recovering from illness and injury. Mm -hmm. There were no antibiotics then, so remember, if you got ill or injured, you were in danger of your life. Yeah. Okay? So. The depression may have forced you to rest, even when you didn't have enough sense to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay? Since I'm sure there was a lot of work to be done back in those days, keeping that cave clean must have been pretty rugged. Um, so, you would have to rest. You isolate, which means you don't pick up any new diseases. Because mm -hmm. if you're sick and your immune system is down, it would be easy to do that. Mm -hmm. um, nor do you hand your disease that you may have had around to others. So it does make sense. Mm -hmm. It isolates you, it makes you rest, mm -hmm. okay? People must have died very frequently. Sometimes they speculate that the body treats stress as if it were an illness or injury. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. The body treats stress like it's an illness. Like it's an illness. In other words, it, it alarms your immune system. Okay. Okay. As they say, if you get stressed, you know, it's very easy for you to pick up, catch something than it might be mm. if you didn't have the stress. Yeah. Okay. So stress is really bad. And I love it when they tell you to avoid stress. I've never figured out exactly how to totally avoid stress. Have you? <laughs> no. No. It makes some sense to me. They also speculate that depression might keep you from becoming too cantankerous. All right? Okay. So if you're a bit of a wild man or a wild woman with a club, um, that you might want to... That's with a club, not at the club. Not at the club, no, with a club. You might want to go after the tribe on the other side of that hill mm -hmm. that might be bigger and meaner than you and your tribe. Okay? So we don't need some crazy person saying, we need to attack them now. I know they want our water hole. 
It may also keep you from becoming too cantankerous or crazy or kind of overreaching and wanting to attack the tribe on the other side of the hill, mm -hmm. who may be bigger and meaner than you um, and your tribe. So it could knock you out of circulation if you were becoming a problem. Okay. Okay? So what does Freud say? Freud says that living in a chaotic family where people come and go, especially a parent, or worse yet, parents, causes both grief and anger. For those with a background like that, he sees the depression as a result of unrecalled and unprocessed grief. And that's how I see it too. Okay. Okay. So if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, then you have unrecalled and unprocessed grief and terror. Mm -hmm. At one point, he calls it super grief. I love the term. Okay. Super grief. Super grief. But he at least knew about dysfunctional families. Good for him. Also, he points out so accurately that children evidently blame themselves for parental problems and parental loss, and that is true. Everything was okay in my family until I was born. Yep. Okay? Um, what was it about me that ruined this family? It looks like they were doing just fine before I came along. So there is self-blame. In addition to anger at the parents for not fixing it. Mm -hmm. And then people feel guilty about being angry at their parents always, mm -hmm. even if it's justified, healthy, and necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if we block out those memories and feelings, which often happens because we need to go on with our lives, there is another problem. Blocked out feelings refuse to stay blocked out. And people often get symptoms of depression and anxiety. And how often in my social work career have I had people come in and say, I suddenly got depressed for no reason at all. I suddenly got anxious for no reason at all. Okay? Um, if we ask people who are, why people are depressed or anxious or having panic attacks, they will often say they have no idea. It just came out of the blue yeah. for no reason. No, it didn't. Okay? Um, if you have a sufficiently nosy therapist like me who asks all kinds of questions about your growing up, most people begin to remember a little at a time, okay? Mm -hmm. But an unexplained depression or unexplained anxiety inevitably belongs to feelings that were filed without being processed, and then they come back. And any number of things can trigger them, okay? I had a woman one time who was just furious and she was actually nice but she was mad all the time and she had no idea why and I had to hospitalize her once because she was going to kill her son-in-law which I didn't think was a good idea at all. Um, and after that um, she began to remember her childhood and she grew up in Florida here in the country where they still had a dirt floor and she was not that old. Okay, you want to talk about poverty, there you have it. Yeah. But anyway, it was a dysfunctional and chaotic family. And her son-in-law did something that reminded her of the time her father almost beat her mother to death. Wow. And she saw it. And of course, she wanted to kill the son-in-law. Made odd kind of sense, didn't it? Uh, but then her, her childhood began to come back to her. And she was able to process the feelings. And she was much better. Okay. It's incredible how something that happens long ago yeah. 
can stay with you in your body. In your body, literally, yes. In your body, in your psyche. Um, but many people get body memories. Um, I can think of a couple of people I've worked with who had some very clear ones. I had a, an adolescent who had been in foster care and she had all kinds of PTSD. But she would often get a pain in the area of her body that was injured at some time. And she'd get this pain, I remember one time it was her chin. Her chin hurt for no apparent reason. And then two or three weeks later, she would recall the incident that happened. And when she was in foster care one time when she was little, some unpleasant little adolescent boy who lived there flicked his bick under her chin many times, you know, trying to get a rise out of her. Uh -huh. uh, but you could see the memory was stored in her body. Uh -huh. um, and anything in the environment can trigger it coming up. Wow. Um, so people will say it just came out of the blue. No. Um, and there are some people who can't, be on, can't get beyond that, but most people can. Yeah. Um, and I'm surprised that Freud knew what he knew back there in those stodgy old days. Sure. And he did. He did know. He did know that dysfunctional families were connected with symptoms. It's and incredible. Good for him. Oh, he was beyond brilliant. Um, Coach Craig asks another good question. Can people be depressed and anxious for no reason? No. Um, nothing comes out of nowhere into the here. And in the case of very early pre-verbal memories, it can take a very long time. We can only access those memories in pictures, body memories, and strange feelings that we may have. And I can tell you some really weird ones on that. Um, I had a client who had come from really the ultimate dysfunctional family that I've ever come across. Mm -hmm. And she, what she would tell you is, you know the funny family in the neighborhood that has the washing machine on the porch? It was my house. Mm -hmm. um, and she would have this really odd sensation of air on her face, okay? And one time she got to visit with an old aunt um, who had been wonderful to her. And the aunt described her father throwing her, throwing her across the room when she was an infant. Oh and God. she decided that what she had was the memory of the air going on her face as she was going through the air. Yep. Okay. And people. So, some people don't believe this kind of stuff. No, they don't. I remember when I first came to Florida, there had been um, a case of a woman who had put a child in the oven, and I think gotten as far as putting the oven on low. And I remember yeah. saying, sometime this kid is going to be in therapy talking about a phobia of stoves or having some sort of weird, crazy feeling, and nobody's going to know what happened to her. You know. I hope somebody remembers, or she's able to. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible how things like that will stay oh, with you. Oh, it's amazing. But I certainly know it to be true. I've been at it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say to people sometimes, if you don't deal with this now, it's going to come back to you as an unexplained depression. Yep. You know? And these are great things to explore with a therapist yep. locally in your area. Obviously, Margaret is an incredible resource if you want to do a coaching with her on it, too, because sure. she could do a great assessment and explore yeah. what's going yeah. on, for, and, and then, then you could take those things with your therapist. to yes. a local therapist to yes. deal with. Yes, absolutely. Um, because Margaret has tremendous experience that many local therapists simply don't have, because yeah. it's 35 years plus, yeah. and she's always curious. 
I'm always curious, yes, and always nosy. That's Curious is a much nicer word. <laughs> I'm always curious. But you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm running into people who find very good therapists and who are doing well. Yeah. The best therapists have turned up in, in California, but I don't want you to move. But I have heard really the best stuff out of California, but I've had many people have a good deal of success in locating a therapist. But I always say to you, shop around. If you sit with somebody for an hour and you don't feel comfortable or you don't like them or you don't feel you can open up, go on to the next one. It's perfectly okay to shop. I did right? a Skype with somebody recently. They said something funny. They were going to a local therapist and the local therapist, they told the therapist that, you know, about my videos in the channel and what they were learning about the breakup and the therapist refused to work with them if they did a coaching with me. And they said, okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> but we're not doing therapy. And they did the coaching with me and they, and, and they said the therapist told them it was a conflict of interest, no. which I found bizarre and I unusual. I think that's kind of bizarre. And I've had people, you know, bring it up several times. I'd say, you know, I don't want to disagree with your therapist, and I don't. But for what it's worth to either of you, here's my opinion. Yeah. And what we'd like to do is be helpful with the therapy if we can, because we certainly encourage you to do it. Just understand that breakups aren't something they teach you about in school no. in a master's program no, this is no. something that margaret and i have put together yep. over years of looking at and exploring right. because it was my personal passion and so your therapist in a lot of cases will give you the same advice as friends and family would as opposed in terms of trying to get your ex back Oh, send them a handwritten letter. Oh, tell them how you feel. Oh, and, and it's very similar to what you'd hear and not the strategies we would teach. Right. Now, they can help you work through depression, anxiety, um, family trauma, right. all those kind of issues, and that's where they're trained. So just be careful when it comes to the reattracting an ex part. They don't have any kind of training on that. Usually they do not. Right. I mean, there's no unless classes they're, for Unless that. they're a couples ther therapist and have been for a long time. But certainly we don't want to interfere with anybody's therapy. We want to support it in every way we That's can. That's right. And I have said to people, please go back and tell your therapist I already like them because they told you this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and believe me, Margaret's tough. She'll, I'm tough, yeah. She'll, she'll tell you if she doesn't like what they're telling you. Yeah. Oh, I will. Yeah. Oh, I will. One day we'll have to do a uh, video on the therapy that you like and the therapy you don't. Oh, I'll be happy to do that. There's <laughs> nothing I like to spout off about more. <laughs> that would be good. All right. So is there anything else we want to talk about with depression? I don't think so. And we don't wish you being depressed. And one of the, one of the things that has gone on forever and still does is many people consider depression not a disease but a weakness and that is absolutely not true you have no control over depression and you hear it on tv fairly often now depression is not a weakness it's a medical condition at this point it responds to medication but they say that only about one-third of depressed people seek help wow. partly because they feel that it's a weakness not an illness and I think most primary care physicians now are trained to spot depression because managed care companies have figured out it is the most frequent reason for a visit. In other words, most people go to their primary care doctors saying, I don't feel good and they're not quite sure why. So I think they're pretty well trained now 
um, to ask you questions about depression. Are you eating and sleeping okay? Mm -hmm. You know, how's your mood? Are you happy, sad, whatever? Um, and they will often refer you to a local prescriber. Okay? Yeah. yeah. I think there's one other thing I'd like to add about depression. Okay. And one of the things that I see time and time again is that the people that are really experiencing depression are feeling tremendous amounts of guilt. Yes. Oh, good point. And the guilt over how you may have been or not been in a relationship that led to the breakup is going to keep you depressed and beating yourself up. Yes. And that's a great point, Craig. Because you ask yourself, what's the difference between healthy sadness and grieving? And, you know, being sad and grieving a loss, a, loss, a death, whatever, whatever form it takes, is absolutely healthy. When does it turn into pathological depression? When you're beating yourself up. Thank you for bringing that up. Yep. That's extremely important. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that can help you understand yep. why you're experiencing the feelings that you are yep. and why you're having such a hard time. And it's completely normal to do that. And I did that yep. um, after several of my breakups. Yes. And now that I understand things a lot more clearly, I realized many of those things simply had nothing to do with me or how I treated my partner. Didn't. I asked somebody the other day, how long after the breakup did it take for you to start beating yourself up? And she said about 10 seconds. You know, she got right at it. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about self-talk um, fairly, fairly soon, and that talks a little bit about depression and so forth. The other thing is, the family response to depression is disenfranchised, like you have disenfranchised feelings. I'm sad, I don't feel good, I don't have the energy to go out. Snap out of it, get over it, get out of bed and go out and do something and you'll feel better. Yep. Okay? So most people get no support at all. What yep. would be helpful is go talk to somebody about it. The modern antidepressants are like miraculous and I remember when we didn't have them and we could only treat depression by talk therapy which took forever. Now what we know is if you do talk therapy it'll help, if you do just taking depression medication it will help, but if you do both at the same time you'll improve pretty quickly. Yep. So you don't have to be depressed, don't. No, no. Alright, so hopefully this video gave you a little bit more insight on understanding depression and can help you go through the difficult time that you're experiencing. And of course, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching, I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Yes, I'm available for Skype coaching. Please feel free to sign up. I can get you in pretty quickly. Just click on Margaret at the top of the website to sign up with her. That's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.